Welcome to Food Ed, the podcast that explores the vital role food plays in the classroom. Join us as we dive into the latest research, share best practices, and hear from experts in the field. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive. Let's become food educated together. Hello, everybody. My name is Svetlana Elgard, and welcome to the Food Ed Podcast. So happy to have you guys here today. And with us today, we have Cynthia Saldago, who is who is working for the Ventura County Office uh, of Education as the VCBH Manager. Welcome, Cynthia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll share a little bit for those that want to get in touch with me. My name is Cynthia Salas Salgado. Thank you. Uh, I work for Ventura County Office of Education within the Migrant Education Program. I lead identification and recruitment efforts for our, our, our program within the agency. So thank you for having me today. Well, it is super excited about uh, what you do. So um, give us some information um, about your job, exactly what you're doing, because there's just so, so much to it. Explain a little bit to people that you're working for the Ventura County Office of Education and exactly what is what part you're kind of responsible for. I think it's a very interesting, um, interesting for, for people to know. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So as I shared, I'm um, I'm the supervisor or manager for identification and recruitment for uh, specifically trying to locate families who work in areas of agriculture, such as the fishery industry, uh, uh, agriculture in terms of picking, um, dairy, packing houses and so forth. And so we try to identify families. Um, we do a short um, eligibility survey. The families, a minimum, have to move once every three years to be considered migrant families due to work in these industries to be eligible for services. So what we do is once we identify the families, we um, provide uh, opportunities throughout the educational um uh, platforms. We have a speech and debate. We have uh, parent leadership conferences. We work very closely with our school districts to support them in ways to ensure that these students um, receive the support necessary to successfully um, complete high school and move on to their next journey, whether it be uh, vocational opportunities, community college opportunities, or four-year college um, opportunities. Okay, wonderful. Um, so how is the Ventura Board of Education involved with the local community and the schools? Can you elaborate a little bit for me? Well, sure. Um, explaining a little bit of, again about the structures, because many people um, have the misconception that the counties of offices dictate what school districts do, when in reality, the uh, uh, in our case, Ventura County Offices of Education has their own school board. The school board works very closely with our elected um, county uh, superintendent, Dr. Cesar Morales, to support the needs of the community. Dr. Morales works very closely with all of our superintendents in the county of Ventura to partner, to support to um, figure out what are the needs of the schools, both on the positive end, as well as the the, the side that needs support in terms of st re, um, restructuring something that might be a need. 
I don't have a specific example because I don't necessarily dive in the day to day on that end, but I do know that um, the uh, the county offices of education make themselves available to support schools. Our particular program specifically um, serves any schools in the K through 12 arena that has a number of migrant students on their campuses. Mm -hmm. And so once these students are identified from our end, we ensure that they're connected with their schools. Mm -hmm. And then we work together with them to uh, provide them the support necessary. Like I shared, we have uh, parent meetings where we provide information about resources, whether it be health, whether it be uh, resources tied to um, economic needs, and we connect them with other uh, agencies such as the county agencies, healthcare, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. behavioral health, mental health, excuse me, behavioral health, mental health, same thing, uh, public health or human services agency to um, ensure families are also eligible for benefits mm-hmm. um, uh, given whatever the requirements are for the counties and also connect with other grassroots organizations that provide free services to families such as um, food insecurity. Uh, there's uh, organizations within our county that work together with um, agencies that provide food uh, throughout the county. So they distribute food to different populations. So we work very closely with different agencies that would provide supplemental support in the mm-hmm. way of health care or support. Mm-hmm. Health for the schools. What are, what are some of the things that you have seen that the schools need help in? Like what would be some of the things that just, you know, mm-hmm, overall that schools would be looking for support that you have seen? So um, I've worn different hats in the county, this one being my most recent role. Um, but when I served as the equity service manager for Ventura County Behavioral Health, at that time, I noticed that many of the schools really sought out the support of mental health services, especially um during and after the pandemic. The isolation um, for many students, the sense of loss, not being able to celebrate the traditional things that students celebrate in a classroom uh, that was taken away, like even the bonding with teachers didn't happen. So there was a lot of uh, emotional as well as behavioral uh, Mm -hmm. impact on our youth as a result of the pandemic. So um, in my experience, even in this role, that is one of the biggest areas of support that school districts are seeking. The second being um, uh, resources and one being food. Um, Many of our schools work very closely, like I said, with food banks to provide Mm -hmm. those opportunities as well as connecting with a list of uh, community-based organizations that also have food pantries that provides mm-hmm. supplemental um, supplemental support when what is offered isn't enough for a family. Okay. Wow. Very very important. And and, and I'm seeing that a lot um, as well. The, the mental health and yeah. um, it, what, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, um, and to share a little bit about the demographics of Ventura County, uh, Ventura County is largely an agricultural community. We also have industries um, such as uh, biotechnology, as well as in engineering, a large Navy base. So it is a well-diverse community, but when it comes to um, uh, our families that are most in need, um, it is our field-working families in Ventura County. Uh, the, the highest poverty level, um, as you may heard, your zip code defines um, 
what resources you get and, and what communities are represented. So our poorest families live within the zip codes of the cities of Santa Paula, which is out here called Santa Clara Valley, parts of Fillmore, yes. Peru, yes. Santa Paula, mm -hmm. Ventura Avenue, and South Oxnard. Um, and, yes. and those are the highest cities. There's poverty pockets, but out of the county, those are the five highest at need um, communities. Okay. Um, what What do you think yourself about food education? How do you feel about food education? Wow. It is very important. <laughs> big I mean, big question. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people think of food from the perspective of, you know, I got to stay healthy. I got to lose weight. I got to get fit. But when we really think about at it at its core, it is very fundamental. Um, and when we talk about the development yes. of a child, it, it, it's at its core that sets up a child for for future success or failure. Um, you know, as, as as I was preparing for this 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 podcast and conversation with you today, you know, I started to go back and research a little bit about the the, the essential nutrition of what's needed for children, mm -hmm. and the Harvard uh, Harvard Health publishing article um, by Dr. Claire McCarthy states that there are an essential number of uh, nutrients. In fact, there's about 15. And uh, I'm not going to name all of them, but the B, vitamin B complex being the, one of them, vitamin D, mm -hmm. vitamin A, yes. folate, zinc, and choline. All of these are instrumental in brain development. That's what yes. all these key ones that I mentioned have in common. And so when we talk about a, a child in its developmental stages, and in its learning stages, if a child isn't eating the proper foods during their developmental stages and in their learning experiences will be um, really compromised. Child's not going to be able to focus because they're hungry. That's one. But two, over Correct. time, the nutritional uh, needs of the brain are not sustained. So it creates other health problems. And as and, and that's an everyday child. Now, when you think of migrant families and the mobility that happens between District, school districts to school districts, cities to cities, or even counties to counties and even states, the interruption of that is very uh, harsh on the family unit as a whole, but focusing on the student, it, it brings a lot of um, challenges. And for many families, focusing on nutrition at school is might be the only time families have or children have secure meals throughout the day. Um, so... On that regard, when you ask me the question, what are my opinion of that? I think that that should be the one priority everywhere, that it should be a requirement in our in our school systems that when we identify families that have food insecurities, that we ensure day one that we connect them with resources and not just connect them because um, giving somebody a card might not be useful for that person. That person might not have a cell phone. There might be language barriers, but really taking the time to do that warm handoff and say, you know, let me connect you with so-and-so. I've told them about your situation so you don't have to relive this yes. experience with someone yes. else. And they can connect you with the resources that are necessary for you to be able to provide yourself and your family with a nutritional, nutritious meal. Um, but for migrant families, it's, it's very difficult because they, um, they're not able to secure the public services that you and I might be able to secure because we're, we're, you know, um, established in a city or in a County. Um, they might have to re-register for services over and over. And depending on how quickly the turnaround is 
from uh, county to county or city to city, that might be weeks, which means sometimes families will um, resort to the most inexpensive things that they can buy. As many families shop at, like, say, the 99 cent store, and mm-hmm. they may or may not have produce. But for those that don't have access to that in, in, in places like food deserts, uh, processed food is the most inexpensive. And then again, that compromise not only the health of the adults, but also the children and 100%. not just their, the mental, but the physical. Well, that, you know what, you're, you're so right on the money. So then by, by your answer, are you, are you saying that there should be food ed in schools that our children should learn the basics of food Absolutely. and health and wellness and nutrition? I think, yes, yes, I I agree with you 100% on that. I think that just like, um, as we think about what what makes up a healthy adult, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's your health, your physical health, your mental health, and all of that is tied to your nutrition. Because your mind can deteriorate based on... (laughs) I'm going to clap for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bravo for you. (laughs) Your external stress, uh, Mm -hmm. as well as your internal stress, right? So if you're not... If you're not eating properly over time, that can also deteriorate your mental well-being as well as your physical well-being and mm-hmm. really sets up any individual for um, health failure in the long run. Um, and so I do agree, just like we we prepare students to go to college or any oh, professional track we prepare, we should be preparing students um if we ha- if certain schools are not doing this preparing them to how to um you know plan financially for their future but but also how to take care of your health because none of these external things matter if physically you're compromised we all take for granted our health until something something goes wrong i remember i hurt my hand like a week ago and I took for granted that I type all the time, right? And something happened to my hand and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to type with one finger. And it just made me aware of how um, important the rest of our body is. And so when we don't feed our bodies correctly and we don't take care of our bodies correctly, then uh, we wear and tear ourselves faster than we should um, in terms of aging uh, physically. This episode is brought to you by Rainbow Chefs Academy. Rainbow Chefs Academy provides turnkey nutrition and wellness training for schools, home-based and after-school programs. For more information, please check the link in the show notes or visit rainbowchefsacademy.com. And now, back to the show. We know food education is important for everybody, and we know that food education is important mostly for children to start at the at an early age so they can actually learn and lead a healthier lifestyle what would be the best way that we can educate our kids k through 12 like what would be what do you think would be the best plan if we can execute it what would that be i love that question i'm i'm one like i said my previous role was was equity service manager and the best responses to things that were didn't fall into the structure that we had in place was to be culturally responsive. And culturally mm-hmm. responsive is not just thinking ethnically, it's thinking about the populations that you work with, our elderly, our transitional age youth. That in itself is a culture. Like last night I was watching a documentary on food, interesting enough, 
was watching a documentary on the taco and we they were talking about how different generations would look at mm -hmm. food differently yes. and so to address your question if this is something that we can't structure within the the the, the uh, institutions of education as a community we could come together and celebrate food by in food festivals but bring in, like, say, professionals that can speak to the importance of eating healthy and how to balance your meal, but taking culture into perspective, uh, into perspective. Um, so individuals can take the knowledge of saying, gosh, you know what, I have to I have to watch how much bread I eat. Well, you know what? It's healthier in my culture to eat tortillas than there, it is bread. Right. And so or sure. sometimes pastries, yes. pastries, for example. Uh, people are going to eat the things that they like, but when you give them choices and options, uh, for example, uh, and our team loves donuts. I prefer uh, <laughs> Mexican too. sweet bread. I love mm -hmm. donuts too, but I can eat two, three donuts and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just ate like a whole day's worth of a meal. Um, but if I yes. eat a, a pan dulce, that's like 80 calories. So in sugar, so I can eat four of those and I'd probably be full. I don't think I could finish four, but be full. <laughs> but be be um. But but use but use the use um. What people already know. Bring culture and knowledge to the table, and 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 celebrate and acknowledge the the capital that our community brings to the table around food, mm -hmm. and say let's let's see how we can reinvent that. Um, my, my, you mean uh, add more healthier ingredients and just maybe yes. do do the tortillas, but you can do, uh, for example, cauliflower tortillas. Or another day, I you know we did broccoli tortillas. You could yes. you could keep what you're saying the cultural, but you can learn mm -hmm. how to add ingredients that are not really going to damage your health. That's what you're kind yes, of referring exactly. to, right? Like okay. uh, exactly like for my mother, um, I wanted her to substitute rice. And so I was trying to introduce her to a plant-based diet and she looked at me like, Ugh. right. So one day I just prepared the cauliflower rice, like you're, you're, yes. you're speaking to, I did, yes. I did this, I did the same seasoning that we would do for a uh, Spanish mm -hmm. rice. Yes. And then I, I, um, I bought, um, plant-based ground patty beef and seasoned that in the same way. And the only thing I did keep was a, a flour tortilla because I know my mom would have noticed the difference with the cauliflower. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. And so then I mixed up all the ingredients and put, um, you know, beans and then, you know, lettuce, tomato, all those things wrapped it up, cut it in half. And my mom's like, this is great. And I said, mom, you're you're eating <laughs> almost 100 percent plant based nice food. Meal. And, and it's, again, the reintroduction, but but going back to my uh, initial comments about the families, my parents were also uh, field workers. So okay. sometimes it's what you had available. Um, mm -hmm. We also look at the price of things, but I think that if, if things are being, are able to be introduced, are like, these are your everyday things. It's just how yes. you reintroduce them and um, repackage them, I, I should say. And, and you're going to get the same outcome with more health benefits. Now I, I've turned my mom into, um, you know, plant-based patties. So now when we go to certain uh, restaurants, she'll ask for the plant-based patties instead mm -hmm. of the regular beef patties. And that is, um, for me, it's very important because my mom started to show the signs of prediabetes. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to tell her, look, you don't have to be in this boring, you know, 
dry diet. It's a matter of looking at how um, how to reintroduce food into your life. I have a nephew who's an athlete, um, an athlete, and I was talking to him about the power of eating clean through plant-based foods, and he looked at me like, "What? I've never heard of that." So I showed them this food documentary, and now he's really turned on by that and trying to see how he as an athlete can use food to um, fuel his body to be at its optimal performance. And so, but it, 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 again, it comes by um, trial and error, showing and, and making a safe space to ask questions about things Yes, as well as to, um, I always think of the book, Dr. Seuss, you know, green, yes. green eggs and ham, yes, everybody's green like, eggs and ham. Yes. you know, that that's that's what I think of. So when I I think about how do we introduce this in schools, I would start with that book. We 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 greens a poor Sam. He he didn't know what he was missing out, and when he tried it, he could have it in the house here and there. I think it's the same thing about introducing better ways of eating. It's like you know, remember Sam? He didn't want to try it, and at the end, he he um, he took a bite, and then he was hooked. So I, I think that that would be the, the, the bigger way to do it, to um, introduce the community to different ways of eating. And and I will share that in uh, social media streams, that's become the norms. Like I'm, I follow uh, this young woman on TikTok. She's a mm-hmm. nutritionist and she's mm-hmm. reinvented Mexican food. She's Mexican herself, mm-hmm. all plant-based. And yes. I, I, I think that is beautiful because we're still conserving in this case, we're talking about Mexican food, but they're still conserving the, the flavor and the um, culture, but it's in a healthier version. Well, I think that, I mean, what you describe is, is amazing and it absolutely, uh, if we would do this, it would absolutely work. It would actually make a dent as you are aware uh, obesity and diabetes in children. Um, every sixth child is obese and diabetic by the age of 12. Um, as to your point with a Stanford article, uh, correct, uh, education will change behavior. So all of the things you were describing will actually change the behavior of a child. And I love the how you, you know, introducing the plant-based diet and um, I think that we're, I think as a community, we're on to something and we need to do that. I'd love to keep talking to you more. Um, uh, you know, um, I think that our audience would love to know what your favorite food is. What is oh your favorite food? My favorite food is, um, mm-hmm. I love, I, I love Indian food. You like That's Indian one of my food. favorite. Okay. I love so Indian food. So you like food. spicy food then? Spicy I like spicy food. food. Yes. I like okay. spicy food. And um, I was very grateful and, and blessed to have a father that loved exploring foods from different countries. And okay. so as a very young kid, he took us to different foods. So I love Asian food, but my favorite, favorite dish is um, very simple. My my great-grandmother, I grew up with my great-grandmother a, a big portion of my young life. And um, we came from very humble beginnings, and but she always made me this hard shell uh, taco, but it was potato, it's a potato taco. And she would fill it up with lettuce, tomato, sour cream, and salsa. And that is the most my, simple, but it brings me the most fondest memory of, of my childhood. And it was very so healthy because, I, yeah, it was very well, healthy. What, what's the favorite. name of the dish? 
What's the name? Um, it's they're called tacos dorados de papa, potato hard shell. Uh, oh, uh, tacos de papa. Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. I have never heard of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. So it's one of my favorite dishes. Very simple. I mean, it, um, and it's, and it's something that got me through college too. You think about when you're a college student and I refused to live off of top Roman. I just couldn't do it. So, so I, it was just very simple. Potatoes, so, boil them. <laughs> and do it. So you, yeah. you cook, you yourself cook at home. And then yes. you you do I can tell so you you see the importance of cooking at home. Um, how do you are most of the families that you come across uh, are they cooking at home most of their meals are they cooked or are they just processed foods that they warm up? Do you find that that's an issue that they they're not cooking from scratch or what 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 do, what are the most of them uh, doing? What do you find? Um, I- I think it depends. Yeah, it depends on the support mechanism at home. I know that many of our families do cook at home. Mm -hmm. um, Given that's why many of our meetings, when we have parent meetings in the evening, we try to start like 637. So it allows them the opportunity to have that time to cook and have a meal with their families. And and again, um, it it could be many things. Um, For work, I know many families um, will prepare... um, like the what we call the burrito here in the United States mm-hmm. and stuff it with you know egg whatever yes. they have available whatever right? they have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. available but for for at home I've many of families might make like let's say a chicken soup with a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. um they might also um like I said um uh, uh, on a skillet grilled meat with with lettuce tomato depending on what the families have have but they they do eat but and it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because one of the topics that I'm hoping to launch this next year with our families as an as a session is uh provide um an opportunity to learn new recipes to how yes. to how to cook healthy yes. how to cook different so I'm I'm researching and I'm looking to team up with our local food share they have mm-hmm. uh, they have a program that they uh, they teach families about cook they cook together with the families and mm-hmm. show them different meals and so I'm learning a little bit about that right now and um, that's one of the goals I have and how to introduce the families to using the ingredients that they already have at home but mm-hmm. reinventing the recipe. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's fantastic. I want you to know that. This has been such an exciting podcast for me, and what you are doing is amazing. You're a true leader, and you have your finger on the pulse. You know what's going on. You really are understanding that, and I think that that's what we need. We need more people like you, and I want you to know that if there's anything that I can do to help Ventura County Office of Education, I'm in. I would love to form a community where we can help each other, and especially the schools, the kids. So um, I am going to send you a backpack as a thank you you. uh, to your office. Yes. Um, And I would love to stay in touch with you and check in. And hopefully, you know, there's got to be something that as a community, we can come up that we can do it everywhere so it can be actually uh, accomplished and our kids can start eating plant, not even, you know, not a plant-based, but a healthier diet. And then they can, I love the way you talked about the nutrients. That is so important. 
Um, and yes, I think this- that's something that needs to be known from the early age. So, yeah, well, I want to thank you for taking the time to lead these efforts. You know, um, food is the, is the core and the base of all cultures. And, yes. and, and when we think about health and longevity and, and future health as adults, it's yes. the core of everything. And, and there isn't enough discussion around it other than the, what's put out on social media and infomercials about, you know, what people should look like and yes. the quick fix. Yes. But um, so I want to thank you for uplifting this topic. It is very important and very much needed. And and let's start normalizing talking about food and the importance of um, reintroducing food in a different way to many of our yes. families. Yes, that is amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I This was one of the best podcasts. I really appreciate oh, your you. time, your kindness, your leadership. Um, and I will be in touch with you. And um, you guys hope to see you on the next episode of podcast. Cynthia, thank you so much again. So enjoy. You're very welcome. You. And I look forward to any partnerships we can do together in services. Yes, thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive while becoming food educated together. We will see you next week on Food Ed.